Let's get this revolution started. You're listening to the Compassion Revolution podcast. Each week, we'll be looking at love, compassion, courage, and tenderness, and all the hard work of showing up to shape a compassion revolution. I'm Mary Freer, and there's so much more for us to learn. Let's dive in. Hello there. Thank you for joining me. It's so good to have you here. Or is it there? Well, wherever you are, I'm glad you're listening. So I'm taking five days away from work very soon, and I'm heading to the coast, and I'm staying in a dreamy little Swedish cabin that was actually imported to Australia in kit form some 50 years ago. Anyway, it's the cutest little place. It's all white with a little veranda, and I'm so looking forward to it. And I've decided to go away by myself. Well, firstly, I love road trips. And secondly, I needed to find a way to be still and spend some time in contemplation. So it's going to be me alone with my ideas in a Swedish cabin. Nowhere to hide. Just me and a lot of space to write and think. So I want to talk a bit about this idea of taking time out. I'm a firm believer that sometimes we just have to switch things around. In fact, when I was a family therapist and things just weren't working really well in the therapy room, or if I felt my client was stuck or we weren't connecting in a way that was moving things ahead, I would move the furniture around. In fact, I used to say, when you're stuck, move the chairs. I actually live by that rule. So there you are. You can have that. When you're stuck, move the chairs. But I'm not stuck. I'm the opposite. I've been moving so fast and creating so much this year that I think I need to press pause just for a week to reset. I've been doing a bit of reading about resilience. So that's a word that gets used a lot and often incorrectly. Resilience is not about toughing it out or being able to climb upwards forever without a pause. Resilience is something else entirely and going away for five days is part of what I'm going to call my resilience training. So there was this Harvard Business Review article by someone called Michelle Gila and Sean Aker And it was published just a few years ago. And it was all about resilience. They said something really interesting. They said, we often take a militaristic, tough approach to resilience and grit. We imagine a Marine slogging through the mud or a boxer going one more round or a football player picking himself up off the turf for one more play. And we believe that the longer we tough it out, the tougher we are and therefore the more successful we will be. However, this entire conception is scientifically inaccurate. Yes, I think that might be absolutely true, because we need a recovery period to be resilient and to be successful. So when that recovery period is lacking, we're actually held back. Did you know that researchers found that there is a direct correlation between lack of recovery and increased incidence of health and safety problems. And lack of recovery 
can be caused by inadequate or disrupted sleep or because we're spending so much time continuously watching our phones. In fact, they reckon it's costing companies billions of dollars a year. That's billions, not millions, in lost productivity. We actually need to take structured breaks to be more effective and impactful. Anyway, so I've started doing a few things as part of my resilience training. Let me share them with you. One, minimising interruptions. Well, fortunately, I have some control over the rate at which I'm interrupted. Well, some control. Hospital doctors and nurses are interrupted anywhere from every two hours to 23 times every hour in emergency, intensive care and surgery. And in certain types of clinical tasks, interruptions really pose a substantial risk to patient safety. In fact, I was reading recently that in the emergency department, doctors failed to return to 19% of interrupted tasks. So you interrupt people and we just don't move back to what it was we were doing. Interruptions and distractions have been reported as a factor contributing up to 11% of medication dispensing errors. And on hospital wards, interruption to nurses administering medications was associated with a 12% increase in procedural failure and a 13% increase in clinical error. Interruptions also have a time cost. In one study, they found that clinical staff in an emergency department spent 24% of their time dealing with interruptions. Wow, 24%. So interruptions are not good for productivity or safety, and they don't help us get the job done. Frequent interruptions produce stress. They make our brains work so much harder just to keep up. Well, I don't work in an emergency department and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a nurse. So thankfully, I have a little bit more control over how often I'm interrupted. But I can easily get into a pattern of phone checking and email checking and responding immediately. So I guess I think if I respond quickly, I'm dealing with things and then it's done. And also those dreadful alerts, constantly wanting to just check and see what that was. So I'm going to do a couple of things to help with interruptions while I'm away. I'm changing my phone to monochrome. Yep, ye oldie worldie black and white. Nothing on your Instagram or the internet looks nearly as appealing and beautiful in black and white, especially because we are so used to hyper color saturation. So when things don't look as appealing, we don't want to look at them. And all that color hooks us in. So it's we're going monochrome. I'm also going to take email and a whole lot of apps off my phone. And I'm going to be really brave and turn off notifications as well. So the second thing I'm doing as part of my resilience training is switching tasks. So changing tasks where it's possible can be useful, particularly as we start to get tired. I used to slog it out and I would think, if I just keep going with this, I'm going to get it done. But getting things done isn't the same as doing things well. I confess, I've worked well into the night 
and it's not great for my health, psychological or physical. And the truth is, I wake up tired and I need to really push to get moving the next day. So that's been something that I have been actively working on. And the third thing I'm doing as part of my resilience training is giving myself recovery periods. So my trip away for five days is a strategic recovery period. It's my way of taking care of myself. It's me noticing that I'm tired and taking some action to set things right. So while I'm away, I have a plan. I'm going to read and I'm going to draw two things I love doing. And I don't mean reading a book about neuroscience and I don't mean drawing up a strategy. I mean reading a novel and drawing with my hands with my special pencil set. I'm also going to take more time to meditate. I'm hoping to enjoy the luxury of deeper and longer time sitting on the cushion, just watching the breath. And then the fourth thing I'm doing as part of my resilience training is eating more nourishing food. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I notice when I get tired is that I start to eat food that makes me more tired, things that contain sugar and carbs, and I drink that extra cup of coffee. So I'm planning to reset that while I'm gone too. I'm going to nourish myself and treat myself to some big salads and bowls of soup. Oh, I'm already thinking about blueberries and almond milk smoothies and cara cara oranges. Oh, I love those oranges. Anyway, back to my plan. The fifth thing, lastly, is sleeping. Oh, I love sleeping. We need sleep. We need to work out what our bodies really need and then give it to them. I need eight hours sleep. There you go. I've said it. I need eight hours sleep every night to function at a very high level. And this is what it takes for me to continue to enjoy doing lots of public speaking, lots of work travel, to record my podcast every week, to deliver Compassion Labs, to keep writing my book and create lots of awesome events throughout the year. I need eight hours sleep. Some things really help me with that. One is going to bed early enough and the other is limiting the amount of screen time I have in the evenings. So while I'm away, I'm going to give sleep routine some attention. I love climbing into a bed after a warm shower, maybe lighting a candle and having really beautiful fresh sheets on the bed. And I like fresh air circulating. And sometimes I even put a bit of lavender spray on my pillow. These might sound like a whole lot of indulgences, but all these simple small steps set me up for living my best life. And I want to live my best life and show up for my friends and my family and for you. So I'm going to play, I'm going to listen to podcasts and I'm going to journal. And when I get back, I will be so ready for what comes next. It's just incredible to think that five days could be so rejuvenating. I want you to do something. I want you to think about what you might do in the next week to bring some resilience planning 
into your routine? What's missing that might help you rest and recover? So, until next time, may you be well, may you be happy, and may you find nourishment. This podcast is a production of Freer Thinking and our theme music is produced by Iris Latour on I Love You Let's Party. Subscribe to hear more about us at CompassionRevolution.care or drop us a line at podcast at CompassionRevolution.care And if you'd like to leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. And don't forget, generously share with your friends. Viva la revolution.